0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Security Squawk podcast. I'm Brian Horning, one of your co-hosts. I'm here with Reginald Andre, Ryan O'Hara, and Randy Bryan. How are you, gentlemen? Welcome to another week, another Good. show.
1: Doing great. Super duper hot down here in Texas now. I'm wishing I was up there around the uh, New Jersey area, man. Nice.
0: <laughs> That's a lie.
1: It's cold. I'm here. still wearing a
0: jacket.
1: We We got a
2: high of 80, actually, today. Oh boy.
0: Right, I was up your I was in your way the other day. The guy was telling me that you guys haven't seen the sun or well, at least in Chicago area. I got to imagine yeah. you've got the same weather.
2: The last couple crazy? days have been sunny, but yeah, prior yeah. to that, yeah, it has been a while.
0: Like 3 weeks. Um All
2: right guys, so welcome to the
0: show. Uh, this is our podcast where we educate you about cybersecurity and what you can start doing to protect yourself. We break it down at a business level, not at a technical level. We try to stay out of the tech, although it requires us to kind of explain things sometimes um, because it is tech. Uh, This really is for everybody because this is becoming a huge problem. We have five ransomware attacks active right now that we know about that are in the news. We're going to cover those today, but remember, we only hear about 10% of the attacks that are out there. So 90% of these attacks you never hear of. You're not going to know about them. Businesses aren't going to disclose them. They just kind of come and go. Um, and they all go down different ways. But we can learn from these ones that are in the news. And the only thing that we do on this show for a fee is we ask that you share our show. Share it out to your friends and family on social media and wherever whatever podcast platform you might download us on. They probably all have some kind of a rating system. If you could drop a five-star review and let everybody know, take 15 seconds and let everyone know while, why this is a worthwhile podcast, we really appreciate it. So guys, let's just jump right into it. We don't have much time today. Um, we all have tight schedules, so we're going to try to get through this content as quick as we possibly can. And I, I thought this was amazing. This First off, this ransomware group is absolutely on fire um, and- It's Conti um, and they're, they're at it again. And I'm I'm sure they're probably behind these other ones we're going to talk about too. Um, But Conti ransomware attack prompts Costa Rica into national emergency. Um, We currently have a $15 million. The U S the government has a $15 million bounty on the Russian based hacking group uh, as more and more, you know, businesses struggle to combat these, these attacks. So uh, Randy, why don't you take the lead on this for us? What's going on in Costa Rica? What is Conti doing? What are, what do they want?
1: Yeah. So um, basically it was a ransomware on the national computer systems. It happened um, actually several weeks ago, almost a month ago, back around April 18th. Um, It has shut down their tax collecting services. It shut down their ability to pay public employees. It's also shut down their export and customs uh, computers that you know that are over uh, those areas of their countries, of their country. So they've basically declared a state of emergency because they don't have a way to pay their employees. They don't have a way to collect money. They don't have a way to oversee the exports, the customs, which is another source of of money. Um, the ransomware um, attack. Uh, Conti leaked, um, according to this article, leaked 670 gigabytes of data um, that they've stolen uh, from the country. Um, so basically, they don't even have a, they don't have any kind of digital monetary services. Um, they're basically screwed right now at at this point. So the uh, the new uh, the new leader of the country has declared a state of emergency as of Sunday um, over this Um the U.S. government's involved somehow in helping helping them. Um, it's a pretty bad, pretty bad attack.
0: So, did you mention the the ransom amount?
1: Um, it's ten million dollars, is what I read in the uh, right. in the article. Which um, I do to
0: imagine a country like that can pay that, but they're, they're, I guess they're not.
1: I don't know. That's crazy. Um, because I I read that and I was thinking, wow, I was thinking it'd be more like ten billion. You mm-hmm. know, um, ten million they should be able to pay it.
2: Yeah, well, it, it could lot... be legal reasons too. They may not be able to do it because of laws. I mean, that could that be construed as uh, funding terrorism, right? And, and maybe they have laws that that are against that.
0: True, and they don't want to be the you know the head rots from the fish down. If the government yep. pays it, then why would you know businesses and other entities pay it in that country? Um, you know, it's interesting because they're kind of saying in the article that this is, and I don't want to get too much into geopolitics here, but geopolitics is playing into our businesses and our industry. So I think it is important because, you know, <clears throat> um, it is something that we're concerned about as cyber defenders and businesses should start to be concerned about this stuff. Um, gone are the days where these big, like worldly events don't affect your daily lives. You know, I you know, I have friends that say, why do you care who's president of the United States? It doesn't affect your, affect your everyday life. Well, you know, things like this start to affect your everyday life, right? So we have Conti and the researchers that, that have information on this group are basically saying that they've uncovered chats, internal leak chats from these groups, basically saying that they're very supportive of um, the Russian president and that they are going to continue these attacks against people who speak out and are against what's happening uh, over there in Russia and Ukraine. So um, don't want to spend too much time on that. I think it was important to mention, though, that this attack is definitely being attributed to the fact that Costa Rica has come out in support of Ukraine. So,
2: but it does bring up the point too that if, if they're that closely tied with Russia, you know, is this considered a nation-state attack by insurance providers? So, if you as a business in the United States get hit by uh, Conti, you know, are you going to get a payout even if you have a good insurance policy?
0: Right. It is important to note that the insurance companies cannot make that determination it has to be done by the government um the federal government would have to come out and say that conti is a state sponsored actor which is i fully believe i'm i'm totally in line with you on this ryan because i think that's why they put the 15 million dollar bounty out because i think they're interested to know are these just regular dudes like Mm -hmm. you know you know computer guys hackers you know private citizens of russia or are these like military? and i think the belief here is my personal opinion is i believe there's some people in our government who believe that this is the russian military or at least they're getting help tremendously by the russian yep. military so they, they've uh, definitely
2: had a history of of uh, being a little bit lax on uh, uh, groups operating within their borders and and yeah that's that's the suspicion is they're they're lax you, you give us a little bit and we'll let you operate
0: Yeah, and then we got, we're going to move into our next one. I don't know, does anyone want to chime in? Andre, you didn't talk much about this attack over in Costa Rica. I know we were talking and joking around last night about opening an office there. Um, (laughs) You know, do you have any insight on this before we move on?
3: Yeah, I mean, just the sad part is we're, again, going, talking about the 610 gigabytes of information and the fallout, you know, people's, um, the employees' information. You're going to have employees that can't get paid if we see here in the States that we don't have a good backup system for when the Corona situation happened, just imagine, um, uh, Costa Rica where now these people probably are not getting paid. And, um, it's just sad because the fallout is going to be a long time for them to recover.
0: It is. So now we have, um, yeah, the next one up that we're going to talk about is an active cyber attack. And, and the other thing, too, I, I guess I want to mention about the last article. I, and and uh, uh, Randy mentioned it when he was talking about it, that this happened back in April. And that's another trend I'm starting to see is that a lot of these disclosures are coming out a month, six weeks from when they actually happened. And that's kind of a new trend, in my opinion. We normally hear about these things a lot quicker because customers, employees, somebody runs out to social media and kind of lets the cat out of the bag that there's something going on here or there. Um, I'm not saying it's happening in every case, but I'm seeing it happen more frequently. Um, again, and I think that goes to better incident response, you know, insurance companies getting involved with lawyers, breach coaches, which are lawyers, Um, And then going out and saying, you know, make sure you don't say anything. Tell your employees not to be going out there and going on social media and saying things or posting things. Um, And I think that that's a result of that. Do you guys agree or do you guys see it a different way?
2: hundred percent. I was going to say the same thing as you started that comment. So now we got the
0: Oregon Secretary of State, um, a cyber attack prompts security response by Oregon Secretary of State. And what's going on here, just real quick, um, it's an attack on a campaign finance firm that prompted the Oregon, Oregon Elections Division to require that 1,100 users of the state's online campaign contributor, contribution reporting system change their passwords. So basically, people who use this system to log in and say, hey, we got a donation from this group to our campaign. Um, you know I'm just gonna go right in. Let me just pull it right up because I can't stand this stuff. But
2: I know Randy uh, just saw the line that I was gonna pull. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know who wants to start talking, but go
1: ahead. My, Well, my bullcrap crap meter's going through the roof, man, because there's a there's a ransomware on their system. That means that whoever did the ransomware had admin access or root access, or who knows, it's at least admin access. And to just say, oh, no big deal. Go change your passwords. Like you've, you've got something bad in your system and just changing the passwords isn't going to gonna fix it. And, you know, I know what Ryan's thinking because we always talk about this. What do they say first time they announce it? Yep. No this, big this deal. <laughs> Version <laughs> 1.0 of the
2: story today. You
1: know, <laughs> so... Um, yeah,
0: you know, I think it's important to point out that it, the Oregon Election Division learned that their um, web hosting provider used by this system, the company's name is Optus Interactive, they were the ones actually that got the ransomware. Um, and this, guys, like, just think about this. I mean, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but think about where you have your things hosted, right? These companies can, through no fault of your own, these companies can be cyber attacked, and it could result in your data being compromised. This could happen. This could happen if you are, you know, if your if, if your website's hosted there. You might have internal business applications that you're using on a web server that's hosted by somebody somewhere you know, it could be GoDaddy, it could be, you know, Bluehost, I don't know, it could be any one of these hosting providers out here could have their infrastructure compromised, which results in your information being, uh, you know, either stolen or encrypted. Um, And I think that it's important, I need to point it out, because like, I think even more so than five years ago, Companies are embracing the cloud, they're moving to the cloud, they're moving applications out of their office. This hybrid work environment that we now live in is really forcing companies to think about whether they should invest in more of their own infrastructure or just move things to the cloud. Companies like Microsoft are making this easier and easier to do, to accomplish by basically breaking computing up into little pieces Um, So you only have to invest in, you know, data, storage, processing, Um, you know, they're basically breaking each little component up of computer systems into, you know, services that you can now buy and pay for as you use them. Consumption based pricing is what they've kind of the model they've kind of gone to. And all of these companies are susceptible to this type of stuff that you're seeing. So as you move things to the cloud it's very, very important to know that you can do everything humanly possible to protect your company's information. But there's a back end to this that you don't control, that you're putting the faith that these companies are doing the right thing, that they're backing this stuff up, that they're securing it. And as you can see with this Optus Interactive, that didn't happen. And again, it's just like whether you use a Windows computer or a Mac computer, it doesn't matter. It All of these systems can can be breached. They can can have vulnerabilities. It can be attacked. And that's what I want people to be aware of. What do you guys want to add to what the heck's going on here with this stuff?
2: This is a huge blind spot for business owners. Um, Like, I mean, even the most cybersecurity aware business owners that we talk to, um, don't really think about the third party vendors that they use and, and what they're storing and what their security procedures are. And you start asking them, you just see their 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 eyeballs light up like, oh my goodness, I, I, I haven't thought of that. So this is a huge blind spot for business owners that they need to be aware of.
0: Yeah, one of the things that we've been doing a lot in the last six months, twelve months, probably more so in the last six to eight months, is really talking to our clients about doing these third party assessments on these vendors that they work with. Like, look, my clients have to answer questions to bigger entities. Why shouldn't you know, mid-market companies and small businesses be asking the same questions to their partners? I think it's time. I think if you haven't been doing it, you really need to assess who you're doing business with and, and if they are going to be a risk to your business. Um, because we see it too often where where a third party gets attacked and impacts a different business or a partner business in a very severe way.
3: Yeah. Also, too, I see um, where it says 1,100 users are being forced to change the password. That automatically tells me that there was no MFA. There's not. The, the passwords were leaked or compromised, and they had no two FA installed on the, on the system.
1: Yeah, and and this this uh, kind of attack. Um, is especially disconcerting because this is a a group that takes political campaign donations. And we've already seen, like with all the mess going up in Canada, you know, some of those donation sites were hacked and information was was leaked and, you know, governments knew things that should be private and, you know, things that people uh, did that should be private. Like all that stuff is a big mess. And, you know, when it involves politics like this, there's a whole nother side of it, you know, that these people are giving in uh, confidence, um, and you know may not want their, you know, their information leaked out, um, which that's probably going to happen. Like, like, like we said a little bit ago, this is only week one, the uh, nothing to see here week. So, you know, we don't. Well, know. I guess
0: I guess in a way, a lot of this is public record. When you donate, that that's public record. Like that's. Now you can do it under a pack or under some kind of company where it doesn't name you individually. Um, But at the same time, a lot of times there's bank account information. Like I've seen, I've seen um, public records for campaign donations where the check is literally copied and in the system. Um, So that's, that's out there. Plus, you know, like you said, you know, maybe you don't want it, look, you got to go digging for this stuff. It's not like, you know you donate to somebody and it's in the front page of the newspaper like you really got to go digging for this stuff and you know i know i know people who kind of do investigative work around political donations especially here in new jersey and they spend a lot of time and effort trying to correlate you know these different packs and organizations um so it's it's it, yes it's public information. But it's not like you're going to easily go in somewhere and see, like, you know, Joe Smith donated millions of dollars to, you know, these different politicians. It's not that simple. Um, and things like this make it easy for people to figure out what their political affiliations are, uh, who they might be supporting. Maybe, you know, there's a lot of things you can draw from political donations. Um, <clears throat> but again, it, there's no excuse here, you shouldn't minimize uh, the fact that this might be public information. You shouldn't minimize the fact that your systems were breached and that data was you know, potentially stolen and exfiltrated. And I think that's that's the important point here.
2: Well, and, and to your point, too, they may have some information that they that they shouldn't have purely as a result. Uh, I mean, this is the secretary of state, but think about the campaigns that are reporting stuff to them. They're largely volunteer driven, right? So you can't control what those volunteers are maybe sending over that they shouldn't be. And now all of a sudden that's in your database. Yep.
0: So moving right along, attack number three uh, currently underway. We have uh, Lincoln College. They almost made it to 160, um, but they have to close now after 100, not temporarily, they're closing permanently uh, after one hundred and fifty seven years uh, due to a ransomware attack. So this is a college in Indy, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, you know I guess that the the important thing for me here is, and my takeaway from this is is we talked about it a little bit. Andre pointed it that, you know, he said this is like a fledgling college. They were pretty much on the ropes anyway. and I said to Andre, I said, well, there's a lot of businesses out there that are in that position that they're Mm -hmm. like literally paycheck to paycheck or they're barely making payroll. Um, And if that's your business, you know, you're going to learn from this Lincoln college. Like if you're, if you're on the ropes and you're barely making it as a business and you get hit with one of these attacks, that's basically your knockout punch. Um, And that's kind of what I took away from reading this article. So Andre, you brought this one to everybody's attention, so why don't you start off and tell us your thoughts on this one?
3: Yeah, so this school—they—they they survived the 1912 uh, major fire, the Spanish flu, the Great Depression, world wars. I mean, this this college has gone through so much, and it does so much in the community. It's actually a, a historical black um, college. Oh, so, okay. So yeah, so um, it's just unfortunate. It probably seems that you know, with the low enrollments, uh, less budget, um, maybe morale was low, and. Here you have uh, one of these uh, ransomware groups just uh, nail on the coffin and, and um, they've been suffering since December. And according to the article, they just have not been able to recover. And we talk about that all the time. It's not just, you know, you getting the ransomware and the next day you just move on or something right. like that. You start, you nearly have to start building again. And when you have transcripts, student information, possible lawsuits, all of these things just on you, and then the reputation of the college, it's already low enrollment. And now to say, to start, you know, issuing letters that you know your information may have been compromised. It was just, you know, the last thing they needed.
0: Yep. And so they were, um, they were. The interesting details of this that I found was that I think they they were hit in December of 2021, um, yeah. which hindered their ability to admit people into the school. Right. So now they can't they can't take income. Right. Their their income was basically hamstring, their ability to to get it or collect it and process it. Um, and then they didn't know what was going to happen for fall of this year. So because they couldn't admit people, they had no idea what what their revenue was going to be. Um, and you can't run a college with, you know, without knowing what your revenue is going to be nine, 12 months in advance. Um, Basically, all of their systems for recruitment, retention, fundraising were inoperable. So that's their business, right? Completely done. And then they got restored just, just you know, in March of 2022. It, so it took them four months to get back up and running um, to the point where they could start, you know, running stuff, projecting things out. And they just looked around and they said, we're just not going to be able to pull this together to stay open. They're not going to be able to pay their bills. Um, and that's what I took away from this. So, Randy, I there was
2: also a component, though, of, of being able to protect themselves afterwards. I mean, it's likely right. looking at the details that they didn't have any any cybersecurity in the first place. So, you know, not only do they have to recover and then you know fix those problems, but they have to have you know the budget to to protect themselves going forward as well. Yeah, and that and like I, I think that's a thing that we don't
0: talk about enough on the show, guys. Is the second time and how often it happens. And, and these cyber criminals are ruthless because, I mean, I know it happened to the company that owns Jack Daniels. They, 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 had, they, got a, they had a $2 million ransom. They're like, ah, we're not going to pay it. They just pulled everything from a backup. They got the same system set back up and running. Two weeks later, they get hit again, and the ransom is now $4 Wow. Right. These guys are ruthless. And this continues to happen in all these attacks where you know you might get the wrong advice from a cybersecurity professional or an IT professional who's, who tells you, oh, we can just restore from backup. So if those, if those backups were vulnerable or, or they're bringing the same vulnerability that they attacked the first time back into play, more than likely, they're going to just be waiting for you and you're yeah. going to get hit again. Um, anything else you guys want to add on this one?
1: Yeah, I, I did um, a couple of, uh, just a couple of st- statistics. Yep. Um, I mean, first off, I mean, this is really, this is really tragic. There's a, you know, a finite number of predominantly black colleges. And I, w- I would really love to see some business leaders, if there's any way at all to recitate this college would be worth the effort. Um, but that's a, that's a whole nother uh, series, um, but a whole nother discussion. But the statistic that I wanted to mention is 60% of all businesses, small and medium businesses that suffer a ransomware attack, go out of business within six months. And this, sadly, and and truly heartbreakingly, this is a perfect example of that. You already mentioned it, Brian. if If your business is paycheck to paycheck, especially, you've got to get out from that cycle You've got to build margin financially. That's a whole nother discussion, also. And then you have to you have to um, mitigate your risk. You have to protect your business from these kind of ransomware attacks because that's over half. Sixty percent is over half. Duh. Um, and that's heartbreaking to me. Um, I love small and medium businesses. They're the backbone of our economy. And to think that sixty percent of them are going to go out of business within six months because of a ransomware attack is insane. But that's the uh, first step is they need to know that, right? That, that, What's that?
2: That's, that's, that's the first step is realizing that. If, if, they are, if they realize that they're already paycheck to paycheck, they need to connect the dots and know they are one ransomware attack away from going out of business.
0: Yes. Yep. So then we got, uh, so we, got we got. three more, guys. Right, it's taking a while. Okay. All right. So sell. Um, healthcare provider, provider of med- medication management and adherence tools for health systems and pharmacies determined that a ransomware attack had affected some of its services, products, and internal systems. And unfortunately, this is a publicly traded company. So you have to file an sec filing within, I think it's six days now. Like it's really getting tough out there for publicly traded companies. Um, there is, uh, if you're a publicly traded company and you're listening to the show, you now have to have a readout to your board during your quarterly board meetings on cybersecurity. And you must submit that readout in your K8 or K whatever filing, K10, I forget what it is. Um, But you are now going to be required by the SEC to submit your cybersecurity readout that a cybersecurity professional gave to
2: your board
0: Um, because now the boards are going to start being held responsible for cybersecurity. And I applaud that. So what do you guys think about this? This is not there's not there's not a lot of meat here for us to to uh, work with here. Um, But, you know, again, another another software provider for uh, medical records, medical management. Got to imagine there's PHI in here, Um, you know, third party that you know, gives this to hospital systems and pharmacies. Uh, They've yet to determine the extent of the attack or whether the incident would have a material effect on financial results. Well, I can tell you that that's just, you know, we know the answer or whether that's going to change.
1: So what are you thinking here, Randy? Um, I'm thinking what you uh, pretty much uh, said. I'm shaking my head because, excuse me, it goes back. It really ties into what we've already said about cloud-based, Um, you're just taking your server out of your medical office and you're giving it to to someone else to run. And so if you're using OmniCell, which, you know, that's one of the things they provide medication management. Um, So there's there's companies that are using it. Um, And then once again, like the other thing that we mentioned a little while ago, you know, you've put that trust into someone else and then now they're they're hacked. And, you know, first first run on these things is they don't tell us a whole lot of information. We don't know, you know, customer info, medical info, like all that stuff is worth so much money on the dark web. Um, Just just in case anyone's
0: never seen what one of these things look like, this is the actual filing that you have to file to the United States government, uh, to the SEC. This is a form 10Q uh, and it's the quarterly report, report pursuant to section 13 or 15 of the security exchange uh act of 1934 um and basically that they are disclosing the attack in this document so um this is what all publicly traded companies need to do now um and you know i I applaud it because at least somebody's holding them accountable and they're not able to sweep this under the rug like they have been in the past.
2: But the interesting thing is is it it wasn't the PII that was that was starting to put things over the edge. It was the financial results that uh, that they're concerned with. Once it starts hitting people in the pocketbook, Mm -hmm. uh, investors, you know, uh, loan providers, things like that. That's when things are really going to start kicking into gear as far as holding holding these companies accountable and making sure that they're doing what they need to do.
0: And this is blowing my mind, guys. We're going to move on to the next one here, and like the the amount of attacks in in the food agriculture industry over the last year has been not not to mention the other things that are going on. Um, but you know the the, the this ag co, which is like a John Deere rival, they they create you know and manufacture tractors and and farming equipment. Um, Fell victim to a ransomware attack. So, Andre, you want to head up this one? Who's got this one? Me? (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, they're running – they're trying – they're resuming full operations right now. But they think it's going to affect – this is what the article says. The company is currently investigating the extended attack, but expects business operations would be adversely effective for at least several days. I think it's going to be more than that, as we've shown with these previous ransomware attacks. Um, <clears throat> it's not a super familiar name, um, but they are one of the biggest um, manufacturers out there. They're not as big as John Deere. But if you guys remember, John Deere was hit, too
1: yeah right yeah this this is um disturbing because of all of the the hits that have been happening on the supply chain anyway
0: yeah to the food food supply chain i mean it's just it's wild
1: it is and you know like not having tractors that literally you know it may not affect tomorrow may not affect the next day but that's going to have some kind of impact somewhere on something and there's already a multiple of these things so it's a it's pretty disturbing uh, attack because
0: yeah, you have right. There's we see multiple points of leverage by these cyber criminals when they do these things. It's either that they're coming after you to put you down, you know, to put you out of to put you so you can't sell tractors. You can't admit people into your college. Right. Or they're stealing really juicy information, really important information, election and election mm-hmm. filings, Right. Data on people or they're they're their uh, electronic health health records in the last example. So it's either they're going after data because they know they can sell it, they know they can commit fraud with it down the road against somebody else, or they're they're going after your operations and they're crippling your operations so you can no longer sell and make money and deliver your products into the supply chain um, and make money. So that's literally the two things that we're seeing the most of and how these ransomware guys get paid and when they choose a target, right? Because there, there are, there are definitely times that advanced persistent threat groups or somebody gets into a network and the ransomware group decides it's not, there's no leverage here. There's nothing we can really get here. Right. So they don't maybe, maybe like a Conti goes and says, here, go to this ransomware group because they're more, you know, they're more small time. Right, and and they work with a smaller group to to uh, you know attack a um, you know a less favorable target, so to speak. This is stuff that's really happening out there, folks. So just you know be aware of it. Understand that you know if you make money and they have a way to hit your operations, you're in a lot of trouble. If you have data, private information that information that should be protected um you're in trouble um these are the two ways that we see the big guys make money um yeah <clears throat> you, know, you might get ransomware and not have these things um if they don't get to your operations and if they just encrypt some you know files that are useless you're probably not going to be dealing with these these big guys you're probably going to be dealing with small time who, who? it's just more of a nuisance than anything andre what do you what do you what'd you pull out of this agco attack
3: I mean, I would say what, what happened to the, the 16 critical infrastructure list that, you know, Biden said not to uh, touch?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. I never even thought it was a real thing anyway. But so yeah.
3: that, I
1: mean, that, who, who that was just to pacify us for that point in time.
3: Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like this is a perfect example where they should find out who it is. And once they know who it is, go like full blast on them because it's, it's a, it's literally an attack. Uh, I mean, on our-
0: yeah, and the other thing that, that we, we need to point out is like, there there was a, there was in an article. It points out that there was a French company called Massey Ferguson that does the same exact thing as this, as this company. And they were hit last week and they're out of France and North North of Paris. Um, you know, cyber criminals have their sights set on the food industry. They are trying to disrupt food from getting to the supermarkets and the tables of the people in the world. Right. Because basically it's, you know, we are in a world economy at this point. Um, It's just unbelievable, um, you know, how how bad this is getting. The fact that I could just do a simple Google search this morning and pull up five active ransomware attacks that are currently in the news, which I said to you guys, this is the most I've ever seen. Right. And, 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 and like I said, like we know that this is the this is just scratching the surface for what's really going on out there. So if you see current currently five active ones in the news that are easily you can easily pull them up. Imagine what's going on in the world where they're not reporting this stuff. It's not mm-hmm. making the news. Right. Um, I would say pay attention to your local news outlets, because a lot of times it just ends up there. Right. Where it doesn't make it out of like your local town's newspaper. Um, I saw a cyber attack article in a local town's newspaper because I was like, hmm, I'm curious to know why this particular cyber attack that I know about didn't make it out into the news. Like, why aren't people talking about this? Um, In a way, it was critical infrastructure, Andre. And uh, it did come out it did not say anything about a ransomware attack. It just mentioned a cyber attack and it was in, and and I don't even know if it made it to print. It was, it was in a local newspapers on, on a story online. And it was not very detailed. It was very quick, like, kind of like, Hey, they just called a reporter. Can you get something out because we have to disclose this publicly and Mm -hmm. that checks the box for that. Um, And, you know, People should pay attention to maybe their online local newspaper and, and search it for things like cyber attack and ransomware and find out that you know there might be some local businesses in your area that have dealt with this kind of stuff or your, your own local government. Um, so just a heads up there. Anything else you guys want to add before we move on? Nope. Good. So the next one we're going to bring up here, guys, uh, is it our last one? No, we got one. no. We do have. We're, we got our last one here. So good. So we're gonna wrap up here. Um, Andre, you brought this one to the table. I don't know much about it, so I'm gonna lean on you for this because I didn't read it too much. But we got this U.S. auto insurer, Elephant Insurance, rocked by a cyber attack. Who's auto, who's Elephant Insurance, and what happened here?
3: Yeah, so they're they're a large um, insurance company. I've actually seen them before. Um, when we were trying to get a policy, because I googled their logo and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I remember them." And um, it's it's funny because if you guys remember, I would say like you know that January, February time when we were like looking for articles, we were like, "Man, we have nothing to talk about." And here it is, two, three months later, and we're kind of now seeing all of these things pop up, um, the calm before the storm. Uh, but essentially, uh, this company, uh, same you know, same thing. They they. They are saying that between uh, March 26th and April the 10th that they realized that there was uh, some suspicious activities uh, going on. And now they have released that they, um, they have this cyber attack that's going on. Yep. So I,
0: I just look at that as a, as a cyber defender and I go, I wonder what the suspicious activity was, right? Because mm-hmm. we, we, can, we can detect suspicious activity a lot of different ways was it that they had the right tools in place and they were actually you know doing kind of what i say what we would do or did somebody just notice like some files being changed like like very obvious like stuff like things were moving around in front of them um you know files were being renamed or you know a certain file might have been accessed and the person was like well i didn't access that file you know i haven't accessed that file in months and, and the modified you know property the date changed You know, who the heck knows what the suspicious activity is. Um, But again, here's a great example of not ransomware, um, but somebody just getting in the network and perusing around and and spying, Um, which I mentioned last week that the data is the new gold, right? You've got to protect your data because it's not always about ransomware these days. These guys are very good at just taking your data and then threatening you with that to release it. So yeah.
3: but also too remember this is an insurance company, so now they got your they have your policies. they know how oh, yeah. much yep. the limits are yep. so this, yeah. is, this is going to be this is goal for them now they just have to go after their client their book of business exactly and, and say, hey, you know you have a two million dollar policy. We'll cut your deal and give us a million and a half and and let's move on.
1: They can also use that personal information for targeted phishing attacks, um, other targeted attacks. I mean, like y'all both said, this this data from from a company like this especially is pure gold, you know, where they may not even ever ask for a ransomware.
0: Right. You know, they
1: might just take the data and just use that.
0: And just sitting on the network and not revealing themselves and just sitting there stealing information is perfectly okay with these cyber criminals. It's just as lucrative as as, as a ransomware hit. Right. The luck. I guess I guess I would say that the elephant insurance was lucky that when they did detect this, that the cyber criminals didn't detect that they were detected and then Mm decide to deploy ransomware. Because that's that's what we usually see is that when they when a cyber criminal is in your network and they're just kind of lurking around and they think that they've been caught, they will quickly try to deploy ransomware. So I just want to mention elephant insurance is a subsidiary of the admiral group which i am familiar with admiral insurance um i never heard of elephant until today so but admiral is is a i'm sure more people are familiar with admiral insurance than elephant so if you're um you know if you're a uh, a customer of admiral elephant insurance seems to be a subsidiary hopefully those systems are, are separate and segregated i guess we'll find out All right, guys. So Ryan had to drop off. Uh, we knew that, um, that's why he's kind of not here anymore. If anybody was wondering, it's not a big deal. Um, anything you guys want to add before we wrap it up? Cool stuff out there. Yeah, man. Keep yourself protected. If you need help, obviously you can reach out to one of any of our four companies, uh, to get help with this stuff, folks. Um, We're here to help. We're here to make sure that you don't become a victim and that you don't end up in the news. Uh, Just do something. I mean, even if you don't work with professionals like us, start doing things. Go watch our our previous podcast. We kind of lay it all out, all the things you need to start doing. It's not one thing. It's not two things. You need to develop your layered approach for your company evaluate your critical assets, figure out how you're going to protect them and start protecting them today. So we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.
3: All right.